that will work. Good afternoon, everybody. This is Charles Staley. You are listening to Iron Radio. You can find us online at ironradio.org. And uh, uh, as as most of you know, uh, I am author of Muscle Logic. I am the creator of the Escalating Density Training System. And uh, I'm also a competitive level uh, master's weightlifter, so welcome aboard. This is Bill Stevens, uh, strength coach, founder of LifterHope.org, and competitive powerlifter. Again, thanks for joining us, and uh, stop by and join our Facebook group, Iron Radio Listeners. So this is pretty fun today, I think, Uh, and and, uh, we've got a couple of guys here from the 70s big uh, website, which uh, if you're not familiar with, is really worth uh, visiting. We've got Justin, Justin Lassick. And uh, AC Conecchio, uh, I hope I pronounced the last names properly. Guys, welcome aboard. Hey, how's it going? I appreciate uh, appreciate you guys being with us and and having the opportunity to uh, let people know about the uh, 70s big site. Also, um, this is easy enough just to Google, but uh, the the website is is 70sbig.com. So very simple, but also easy to Google. And... uh, Guys, tell me a little bit about yourself. Maybe, maybe, maybe Justin first, and then AC. I mean, my understanding is that we're talking to you guys from Wichita Falls, Texas, and uh, uh, I believe you're working out of uh, Mark Lipito's facility there. But if I'm uh, if I'm wrong, just correct me. But tell me a little bit about yourselves. Well, uh, this is Justin, and uh, AC is actually in Georgia. He still lives in Georgia, and he'll he'll talk a little bit about that. But uh, I came to Rip's gym about a year ago. And he liked me enough to keep me around to coach at his place. And uh, AC visited here a few times. And the way that 70s Big got started was that we were walking around the gym. And AC loves old pictures of guys that were just, like, real big. And so we were just looking at them because we've got those all over the gym. And he was looking on the wall, and he goes, man, these guys are these guys are huge. They're, like, 70s Big. And, like, we both started <laughs> laughing. <laughs> and uh, Now, so by the it, way, I mean – you you guys are you guys actually old enough to have a frame of reference for this or are you of course kind of... not. Okay, like search for reference. When it was seven, I was fifteen in nineteen seventy five, and I was probably about one hundred and thirty nine pounds at six foot one. So uh, I was like seventies anorexic, but I've since gained weight. You were but, you were uh, ninety small before the nineties even hit. I was two decades uh, ahead of my uh, ahead of my uh, time for sure. I was eating seventies big. I mean, I was doing like probably six, seven thousand calories a day. But uh, I guess sometimes time has to go by to uh, get your metabolism to calm down. <laughs> but, so, uh, so, yeah, so, so and this, big the started. site's been up. The site's been up what four or five months? It seems to me, or longer than that. About it. You mean when it was when it was launched? Yeah. It yeah. launched in uh, late September. Okay. After after the inside joke built up since probably about April. <laughs> okay. Well, that's cool. I wanted the clarification because I, 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 people, I, a lot of people wonder if this site is is kind of connected to uh, Rip, Mark Ripito, who's also a good friend of mine, and, and so it loosely is. Uh, but uh, and, and his guest appearances in your videos um, are uh, worth 
worth the uh, worth the viewing. I just I just uh, uh, and he never really says anything, but I just he's the best part of the video. So uh, <laughs> you you guys want to tell us about also you have a you what what's the YouTube channel or is it on YouTube? Uh, we there's go ahead and tell me about the Vimeo channel, AC. Uh, we got we got a uh, we don't I don't really use YouTube that much. I use a site called Vimeo, uh, okay. and it's just uh, under seventies big on Vimeo, so you can search for it under that. Very cool, very cool. So when I when you go through the site, you very quickly arrive upon this um, uh, kind of concept that to be a grown man, you need to be two hundred pounds. Absolutely. <laughs> So uh, tell me about that. I mean, where where does and, and, and like what if you're like five seven? I mean, <laughs> so what's the two hundred pound thing all about? Well, uh, it's just it's it's you when people become two hundred pounds, we call it a big mitzvah, and it's just important <laughs> that that's the point when they have grown adult to adulthood. They're no longer big, they're big no longer mitzvah? so skinny that they're worthless. You know, they're they're more useful, and a man should be useful for a number of reasons. So. That's, I think that kind of came from Rip, because he, he told someone before that they were about 140 pounds, and he just looked at him and said, "Adult males weigh 200 pounds," and then he just walked away. So, and that is a is a very 70 esque kind of sentiment, uh, having been around uh, back then. And uh, um, so, big mitzvah. What is it? A big mitzvah. You know, instead of the bar mitzvah, big mitzvah, and someone should <laughs> take that person out, give him a beer, give him a steak. Gotcha, gotcha. And so the way you get 70s big is through eating and training, and uh, you guys have a lot of a lot of food uh, food content on the site and uh, recipes. And uh, um, so, what do you, do you guys have actually a recommended nutritional? Uh, uh, you know, do you, do you have a certain macronutrient ratio you like, or is it just eat everything, or like what what's the concept on, on nutrition? I'd say it uh, depends on. Uh, who who is actually needing the nutrition? So, a yeah. uh, fat guy is not going to eat the same as skinny guy, right? But the majority sure. of people that are on our site are people who are skinny and need to get bigger and stronger. So, they're the ones that need to drink a gallon of milk a day and eat four hearty meals. And we've got all kinds of ways to get calories on our food facts. So, and then uh, we've got you know the recipes you alluded to. That's my friend Gant. He's a pretty damn good cook, and so he's made some videos. But uh, yeah, usually people need to get bigger and stronger. And it's 70s big is all about getting people stronger, and usually it has to take the skinny guy and make him accept the fact that it's okay that his abs are not meant to be concave. <laughs> uh, I mean, the desire for abs is what kills it all, right? I mean, well, if someone wants that, I mean, stronger is better than having abs, and I just it <laughs> irritates the hell out of me because people say, you know, this is what the women's want, but Ladies don't care about abs. I mean, the, if you if you can't take care of a woman, then they're not going to be interested, you know. And realistically wow. speaking, if a girl isn't interested in the guy that's 70s big, then, you know, we're probably not interested with her either. So. <laughs> I mean, the thing that I like to say is, too, I mean, when it comes down to it in the real world, whatever you're trying to pick up doesn't care what you look like or how much you weigh. It just has to be picked up. You know, it doesn't. It doesn't care if you're 500 pounds. Uh, you know, what what matters is your ability to to do the job at hand. Right. How how you look doing it. But uh, you're talking about picking objects up or picking women up. It's both. <laughs> you know, I mean, but uh, well, at least you were sensitive enough to make the distinction. 
Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I think I do think you need to, to get you know your requirements, your weight requirements. I think you need to several other categories. I mean, it's five seven and taller, two hundred pounds. I mean, come on. Well, yeah, the, the the weight requirements I posted a couple of weeks ago were for the sole purpose of people asking me questions because if they don't weigh that much, then they're not worth talking to because they just need to gain the weight. Gotcha. So. I, I, I'm kind of uneasy about saying you're 70s big when you're this height and this weight because 70s big is you, you know it when you see it. <laughs> you know what I mean? All right, well that's so, a total cop out, but okay, we'll go with that. Because <laughs> you know, I'd have to go look know. at you know the wrist circumference studies and stuff like that and see like body frame crap. So I mean I'll, I've, I've been working on it for a while, but usually when I see someone in the gym, I can say you need to weigh this before you leave the linear progression. And I can yeah, eyeball yeah. someone and say that, but it's hard to do that when I can't see them. So, you know what's kind of depressing about the sport of weightlifting is that at 231 you're a super heavyweight. Oh, almost, yeah. That's you know? the limit of the 105 class, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm like, I'm like sitting here 11 pounds away from being a super heavyweight, and if you look at me, I look like a jogger. You know, I mean, <laughs> it's, not, it's not hard to weigh like 220 when you're six one. I mean, that's pretty easy, but. Uh, yeah. It's just, it's just, uh, it's just and, and for and the women too. Do, do you have a female equivalent of 70s big, or do you, is that like 70s thin, or like what? What's the female equivalent uh, of all? No, I just we mainly want to get females to do some strength training because obviously yeah. it's going to be more aesthetically appealing to us. But I mean, girls aren't meant <laughs> to be 70s big, you know. They're not meant to. Rip said in a video, he goes, uh, "What I'm trying to say is that I don't like when girls look like Doug Young." <laughs> so that's pretty important yeah. because we don't want. You know, girls aren't going to be all roided out and everything like that the way that they were, some lifters were in the 70s. We just wanted to be healthy and strong, you know, instead of underweight and emaciated like what society wants them to look like. And in case you thought that was a sexist comment, if you're listening in, just Google Doug Young, and uh, you too will hope that your women don't look like <laughs> Doug Young. But, uh, uh, even most men look effeminate compared to Doug Young, but... Um, <laughs> But it was true. So, so have you guys done thinking? I mean, it does just seem that there were like a lot of big, strong dudes in the athletic world uh, in the '70s, huh? Like between the throwers and powerlifters and weightlifters, and strongman was still kind of in its infancy. But boy, it just seems like there was a lot more of that uh, in the '70s. And I don't know if it's a cultural thing or if it's a drug thing or or what it is. But have you guys given thought to that? I know that, that the the drug thing was a little different because it was openly accepted to, to take drugs back then. That's when they first started yeah. coming around. And I've talked to, you know, like Tommy Suggs and some other guys that lifted back then. and It seemed more like feats of strength were more impressive to non-lifters back then. Yeah. You know, because when was the last time you did a meet, Charles? And when, when yeah. you were at that meet, how many people were spectating? Yeah. Like, but there's a cultural thing now, right? I mean, like no guy in the 70s really gave a crap what his abs looked like and you know it's just about being big and strong yeah you're right it, it's and, probably calvin klein's fault for this and there's the whole yeah i mean really and there is this whole the whole idea of the metrosexual trend uh would have never taken hold in the 70s and and where guys are into what do you, do you have do you have an official policy statement on uh grooming i mean are, are you guys like into manscaping at all or is that just uh the the chest, the legs, the nothing should really be trimmed unless it's your genitals, and I think that's just <laughs> I think that's just uh, proper etiquette. But I mean, uh, 
you know, we we want manly men like men are supposed to be, not not the metrosexual who's shaving his body or is concerned with how his hair looks and stuff like that. So it's kind of like a uh, a movement against all of that. Uh, well, by the way, that has been stuff. coined. That has been coined, by the way. I don't know if you guys are aware. It's called retrosexual. Retrosexual. Yeah. I just, what is that? I just don't want to have it a name. I just wanted to be like the art of manliness instead. You know. Clearly, you've given this a lot of thought. You guys touch on a good point. I mean, the the whole world has become. I mean, Charles, we talk about this all the time, and. Uh, you know, your worth is measured by your appearance, not by what you can actually do. Largely. Right. I mean, it's pretty sad. I mean, you could have somebody go to a meet, and if they look damn good and failed, there's a good chance that they'd actually have more admirers than some ugly bastard that won. <laughs> <laughs> Probably, well, that's kind yeah. of sad, really, in the end. <clears throat> I mean, it's a good thing that I'm just sexy and strong. <laughs> Hey, oh. you know, you know who would be good for your Hall of Fame? Who's that? Do you guys, do you guys know who Manfred Nerlinger is? No, I don't. Oh my God! We'll have Hall to we'll have to look him up. Yeah, we need to make some more additions to the Hall of Fame. He uh, he is an ugly looking big dude, man, but uh, German <laughs> weightlifter from the seventies and uh, uh, just absolute caveman. But uh. <laughs> so, what what else do you guys have have coming up? Uh, any what, what do you guys have in terms of uh, future plans coming up for the site and uh, um, just anything that uh, we should be looking for? Well, uh, for the website, uh, I've been really battling a bunch of people who are who are stereotypically questioning the health risks of eating a lot. Oh, and yeah, yeah. Uh, I've been battling a lot of skinny people on the website and people referring to what I say as dogma and stuff like that. So uh, I've just been trying to clarify that the past couple of weeks, and then I'd like to get more interviews in, and I'm going to start doing audio interviews, you know, short little, like 15 minute deals with some people that are lifters and everything. So uh, we want to have more historical info, more interviews with people that are active now or that were active, and uh, just trying to get information on training. Yeah, yeah. By the way, just to pick up on what you just said, I mean, what is it with skinny guys who like want to get bigger but they're afraid to eat? What's that all about? You, you know what I think it is? It's it. It is the societal thing that we just talked about, and then it's also that they they hang on to this "I'm strong for my body weight" thing, and that's that yeah. seems to have risen up through the functional fitness community. That well, isn't that isn't that what CrossFit's all about? I mean, and by the way, all right, here's my little uh, disclaimer. I, I'm not like completely anti-CrossFit. I think you know they've done some good things and some <clears> things I'm not that thrilled about. But the thing about CrossFit that is frankly a little bit annoying is that it's just uh, it's it's kind of like uh, I guess it's a place for non-strong people, you know, can sort of prove themselves through endurance type. It's almost trying to make lifting an endurance event because, uh, you know, the, the the maximal strength component of it isn't there. Oh yeah, it's just it's just, it's just using way. what we would use as a conditioning workout as the main event, I guess. So it's kind of like how, trying to see how many reps you could do with your warm-up weight. You, I guess you could say it that way. <laughs> but but yeah, I mean. The, the, Usually, people who are uh, who are skinny are going to argue for the whole pound for pound thing all the time, and then right. they're going to be the ones that are going to complain. Especially if they've been eating clean, they're going to say, "I'm going to have all these health problems from eating a triple cheeseburger with a milkshake and then ice cream with magic shell and brownies in it afterwards." But the whole point is, you're not going to eat like that your entire life. You're right. going to eat like that until you get to be a man, and then you're going to maintain your body weight with some kind of healthier diet. 
Have you ever pursued sponsorship through the American Dietetic Association or any? any you know what? We should get the the dairy, the dairy industry yeah, sponsors because I've probably bought 400 gallons of milk in the past year. That is disturbing exactly. on a number of levels. <laughs> yeah. and is, is that whole milk? Oh yeah, clearly. Of course. I'm trying to set you guys up, and you don't go for it. <laughs> so, um, wow. Uh, it's hard to so, look too stupid to fall into your trap, I guess. No, that's okay. That's okay. But so, <laughs> the, uh, the, the gallon of milk a day thing is, is kind of interesting, and, and that strategy clearly does work. And uh, have, you, have you guys uh, – what I think you guys should do is set up a contest. If oh, you boy. haven't already, like, like you know, most amount of weight that you can gain in 30 days kind of a contest would be – be, I, I would follow that. Yeah, um, that's a, probably a good idea. I know no. that my friend Zach at our gym, and you've talked to Rip about Zach, and when you had yeah. an interview with him in October, but he would have wrecked shop in that that competition. Phil, by the way, you guys might not know, Phil is a master of rapid weight gain and loss in both directions, <laughs> and has I think I think during an experimental cut recently, I think Phil cut like 28 pounds in like 17 hours or something. <laughs> uh, oh, but, uh, God, I cut from what the hell was it? 242. Plus, yeah, I cut from 270 down to 242 for a competition in 15 <laughs> hours. <laughs> and then I actually weighed in at 273 the day of the competition. It was wonderful. <laughs> it was over a 50-pound shift in 24 hours. It was brilliant. But, uh, you're an animal. No. Uh, back on the whole relative strength thing, yeah, I mean, that's, I don't know where this came from and the people that don't understand that there's a strength curve in there. And that, yeah, I mean, it's pretty easy. Any male over 125 pounds can pick up, say, a 300-pound deadlift. And, damn, that's impressive. You know, ooh. But there's that strength curve when you start reaching kind of the natural ability of the human body. You know, you get in the sixes and sevens and eights. And to add five, ten pounds to the bar, you need you know, 10, 20 pounds of, of more mass on your body. I mean, right. it's just, uh, it doesn't make sense. And, again, I go back to the whole thing about in the real world, the job you're trying to get done doesn't care how much you weigh. Right. The universe doesn't give a shit about how much you can lift per pound of body weight. Oh, the only thing that matters is that you can get the job done. Right. So, I mean, I just don't know how this all caught on unless, I mean, I can see it in – Relative strength as for an athlete, yeah, it can matter if you're if you're a weight class athlete. Like for you, yeah, you need to be relative strong for your weight class, but you're doing this for a goal. Right. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's just they need to throw that out with the bathwater and I don't know, just adopt something new. I mean But that additional I mean, even these the people that would like to call themselves athletes or anybody that is in the sport, they uh, don't realize the importance of strength, especially the coaches that are teaching them. I'm writing an article right now. I mean, speed, power, endurance, agility, flexibility, the lack of injury, longevity, all these things are increased and augmented by strength and strength training. And that's just, that seems to be missed on a lot of uh, people that claim to be strength coaches. Yeah, I completely agree with that. Hey, just to to shift gears a little bit, um, what's the deal with mustaches? (laughs) Well, as you know, the Piz. Pizarenko, one of our co-captains of 70sBig.com, 
Uh, you know, when Pizarinko was lifting, he was uh, between the ages of around 21 to 25. Yeah, and, you know, he looked like he was about 47. And yeah. <laughs> this is a guy, he had, when he came out of the womb, he already had a 5 o'clock shadow. There's no question. <laughs> like, that guy has, like, uh, you know, unbelievable androgen levels without any question. <laughs> well, my friend AC can grow a gnarly set of chops, too. But the uh, <laughs> the mustache... Uh, and, and facial hair and beard and whatever is just it's just bringing back the 70s charm i guess man i just can't do that i just cannot do the facial hair thing and i know you guys also have a philosophical dispute about under armor but uh we'll, we'll, we'll go there later. <laughs> you can't squat with under armor on charles it just it slips all over the place even if you chalk it back uh, i'll show you guys when we're in san diego next week it can, <laughs> can be done but you know what would be nice if they would bring back is those um can you picture those uh, old-style Adidas track suits like like the, what Bruce Jenner wore, um, you know, an athlete of that ilk? That would be nice to bring those back. That, yeah, that's, we've been meaning I always to get think about that when I think about the 70s athletes and stuff. That's the – AC actually wanted us to wear those in a video that he had thought of. <laughs> well, I mean, that was I one of the best ideas I've ever had. <laughs> I think one two, thing, too, Charles, that you forget. I mean, if you're looking at – Say this picture of Doug Young they have on their Hall of Fame. I mean, the guy doesn't need Under Armour. I mean, he's like self-wicking. You look at the <laughs> hair, it's like Labrador. You know, I mean, it's that. You know, you don't even need clothes. But uh, no, yeah. it's good. I'm, lo- I'm looking at the same photo you are, which is I think under Hall of Fame, and it says "What is yeah. Seventies Big?" And there's this picture of Marv Phillips, Larry Pacifico, and Doug Young, and. Uh, and they always always have those uh, those semi tinted glasses uh, as well. That that's kind of another facet that. Uh, oh yeah. That My friend uh, Chris has a pair just like that, and uh, he's worn them when squatting before. And we went for Halloween. That's right. Chris and I Chris and I went as '70s big for Halloween, and everybody would ask us who we were, and we'd just be like, "We're just a couple of guys from the '70s." That's all. <laughs> and and the tube socks. Oh yeah. Yeah. Pretty, pretty. Crazy. Is there a look you wouldn't bring back from the seventies? Yeah, let's, that that'll be our topic for the day since we have no better ideas. <laughs> and uh, I, I'm I'm not so sure. Now you guys may not have the same perspective. I don't think I'd bring the music back. That's that's one thing that. Uh, uh, yes, I don't think we're the reigning. Uh, uh, we're we're not like we don't have the authority. We're not the reigning authority on what was popular in the seventies. So you guys would have to help us out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, even Phil, I think, might be a little bit too young. Yeah, I mean, well, at least I breathed during the 70s. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I wasn't even... I mean, I think the number one thing, I mean, it's just, I, I guess it can be comic, but, you know, like, like I don't know, you ever heard the joke, how do you know a 70s porno? You know, the genitals all had sideburns. Yeah. But, uh... Oh! Dang. <laughs> 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 anyway, um... Phil, that definitely took us over the edge. Uh, to Justin and AC, I would like to formally apologize to both of you right now. Oh, no. We're, uh, we haven't gone far enough. No. I mean, I mean now, has, 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 has Repito given you guys insight about, uh, you know, his perspective on the 70s? Have you, have you consulted with him on this? Oh, sure. He's, uh, I guess you could call him chief consultant on 70s, on 70s attire. 
70s eating, all that stuff. <clears throat> and it's, uh, you know, he's always funny. And then because he, he's real good friends with Bill Starr and Tommy Suggs and guys that were lifting in the 60s and stuff. So we we our lineage goes back <clears throat> pretty far. You know, I've thrown discus competitively, and so I'm kind of aware. I'm aware. One thing you should explore a little bit more if you haven't is some of the throwers back then. My God, there were just some massive, massive, big, strong dudes. And I mean guys who were like 6'6", 320 with abs, you know, throwing. Yeah. And we were, you know, the U.S. was the leader in, in, in shot and, in, in discus in the 70s. And uh, uh, just just some mammoth, mammoth uh uh, people back then, and, and funny enough, you know, and and because of drug testing and stuff, I mean the throws are so far down. But guys were routinely throwing in the high 230s and low 240s back in the 70s. And I think in the last World Championships for discus, that I think the winning throw was about 224 or something. Wow. So it's kind of depressing. Well, you should go check out a uh, fan favorite Ricky Brush on the, our website. <laughs> well, yeah, and uh, we I actually have the DVD. Um, uh, the name of which is somewhat escaping me, but oh man, yeah, I need to get a hold of that one. Uh, that is a worthwhile DVD, and it's it's sort of simultaneously uh, motivational and depressing. But it's uh, uh, <laughs> that guy did not have it easy. And for, for those for those who aren't familiar, this was I think he was a Swedish uh, discus thrower. That's right. And uh, uh, I know John Powell, who was a former uh, world record holder, I believe, in the discus and. He turned me on to this. I've actually trained with him in Las Vegas. But uh, Ricky um, was a pretty high-level thrower. But, you know, when you see guys throwing discus and then you have to go dig it out of the snow and, you know, just crazy, crazy stuff. But uh, <laughs> One thing you would not want to bring back from the 70s, I think, is just general knowledge about nutrition. And, you know, we all make fun about, well, you know, just eat anything. And But, you know, the the, the, the knowledge that we had in the 70s about, uh, you know, when when – Joe Weider was basically, um, you know, the, the ultimate authority in supplementation and everything, and uh, uh, right, you know, just just the kind of useless supplements that people were popping back then and stuff is something. Yeah, I guess it's want to bring sort of out. analogous to now. <laughs> you open up a muscle magazine, it's yeah, deal, but <clears throat> yeah, ab- absolutely true. And so they knew how to gain weight in the '70s because they had, yeah. you know, they had a nice little pill called D-ball too. Uh, That's true. But uh, but yeah, the uh, probably the Phil would not have been able to lose 25 pounds in the 70s, I would assume, unless he <laughs> and gain it all back in a 24-hour period. <clears throat> yeah. So, uh, but uh, well, guys, this is pretty cool, and uh, I just want to uh, thank you guys for coming on, and, and we'll follow you. I definitely would like to do a column, and uh, uh, um, I, I also can we plug the starting strength. Seminar coming up uh, in San Diego next week. Oh yeah, we got one in San Diego, and yeah. there'll be one in Wichita Falls at the end of February. And, cool. Uh, and, and that information is on the '70s big site, so that people can uh, can it, learn about that. There's a link to Starting Strength from our website, and then the yeah, seminars. Yeah, yeah. You learn how to coach and lift at the seminars, and there's more information on that on StartingStrength.com. We actually have a bunch of questions here too. So. Oh, excellent! <laughs> yeah, bring them on. Um, I, I got like 13 of them. Some of them I may have to skip, though. I think some of the people you know are kind of. You know. <laughs> are they are they trolling us? Some of the questions aren't quite PG, but um, uh, Sean in Snellsville, Georgia. <laughs> <laughs> um, who is seven bigger, Justin or AC? 
Uh, well, Justin has me by body weight, but uh, I guess I guess I'd have to give it to him. Well, and uh, neither of us are seventies big, and Sean would be the one to ask that question. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but uh, I don't think really any of us are. If anybody's seventies big, it's my friend Chris because he accidentally weighs two eighty five right now. Nice. And uh, I expect yeah. him to deadlift seven hundred here in a couple months. So nice. Um, Nathaniel, Washington D.C. Um, AC and Justin, uh, what are your long-term strength goals and body weight goals in terms of raw numbers? We'll go ahead. Whoever wants to go first. Say what? Hey, go ahead. Oh, okay. Uh, well, I probably I need to weigh about 220, uh, and I've always wanted to deadlift at least 600, bench uh, 400, and probably squat uh, as close to six as possible. So those are my goals right now. So I was going to ask Casey, well, how tall are you? Um, and the, the last competition I did, I, I squatted 529 and that was, it actually wasn't that hard. Uh, it was just kind of like the first legitimate competition I did. So, um, no, thanks. Hmm? What height? How tall? Uh, I'm about 5'11", 5'10". Okay. Yeah. And, uh, I, uh, I benched 368 and that was the, that was the second time I practiced like pausing at the bottom. So I was really mm-hmm. surprised I actually got that. And I deadlifted, I think, 568, too. Right. So, I mean, I guess I'm relatively close. Uh, I know I'll just probably get it when I gain a little more weight. So, well, what'd you weigh in at that meet? Uh, 204, actually. <laughs> it was a little depressing. Boy, that was cutting it close. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I ate at three buffets prior to the uh, meet, and I actually didn't gain any weight. <laughs> so I was, uh, I was not happy when I weighed in. <laughs> Hey, uh, Justin. Oh, well, uh, I'm so AC's lifting the 220 class for powerlifting, and I'm currently lifting the 105 class for weightlifting. So that's capped at 231, and uh, I'd like to get up to around right under 240, so that I could just drop down to that to the weight class. I was actually underweight for my last competition after getting sick. So uh, my goal was to total 300. It didn't go so well at the last meet. So the next meet we have, I'd like to total 300 and. Uh, qualify for the American Open and Nationals. So those That'd be are my huge. immediate goals. That's a nice total. 300 is a big total. Yeah. Um, Drail and Wichita Falls, uh, we've kind of covered this. How how big is 70 big? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's covered. I mean, would you, uh, I don't know, maybe you, you deserve your own zip code? You know? <laughs> Something like that. Um, Boris and Westchester Pennsylvania. Uh, Justin, let's say that one has been following the training part of linear progression, described as starting strength and not eating properly. Is it possible to exhaust a novice phase gains? Absolutely not. That's, uh, nobody ever really truly finishes their linear progression. I think I know me, Chris, AC, uh, one of my trainees, Brian. There's only a few people that have actually gone through a linear progression legit, as in getting up to a certain body weight and exhausting the full potential of it. So, Hey, guys, that's come up um, a couple of times. So can, can I have you guys define that? I mean, I, I think a lot of us have a, a concept of what you mean by that, but that's, you have a very specific definition. This comes from uh, Mark Ripito's uh, training. For a linear progression? So what, what does that mean, just so people know? Well, uh a novice is defined as how someone adapts to stress because 
when you undergo stress, you recover from that stress and you adapt to it. And that's real basic, uh, basic terms. So when you lift weights on Monday and you do three sets of five, like we have in the, line, the novice program that's laid out in starting strength, two days later you've recovered and adapted to that, assuming that you meet protein and caloric requirements. So on Wednesday you can add five, ten pounds onto your squat, 15 if you're still starting out new, and then Wednesday you train again, and because you've gone up in weight, that not only says you are stronger, but that's the new stress that you will adapt to by the time Friday hits. So every time you train, you're increasing the weight, and that's what a linear progression is, because you just it's a linear line going up until it starts to plateau. So someone can put on weight every single workout until it slows down. Like when I got here to Wichita Falls, I squatted 325 for three sets of five. And eight weeks later, I did 445. So every single workout, I put on five pounds and 15 pounds a week, eight weeks, 120 pounds. And I eventually ended at around 465 for three sets of five. So that's what a linear progression is. And you have to eat to recover and eat to grow. And nobody really does those things well because the eating is the hardest part in the linear progression. Yeah. I mean, I agree totally. I mean, I think uh, Dave Tate touched on this once. And, you know, people ask him, how do you know what weight class you want to be in? And, uh, or that you should be in. And then pretty much he just simply put it, you know, you just keep eating, keep gaining weight until you stop getting stronger. Right. The minute you stop getting stronger just from eating and training, then, you know, drop to the nearest weight class and you're there. Yeah, Which so is essentially you get, you exhaust you know, your linear progression, do a meet, whatever weight class you're in, and then you'll figure things out from there. Yeah. You know, I want to make sure, you know, we're having a lot of fun here and stuff, and it's kind of a fun concept that you guys have come up with, but I don't want it to be lost on people that this is a very simple way to train, and as a matter of fact, if I had to say, I mean, this is probably reflective of the very first training programs that were ever conceived of, that you just keep adding weight. And uh, a lot of people think they're, a, they're beyond that kind of an approach, but uh, you just heard the numbers that, that was it Justin? Uh, was, was that you talking about the gains you made on linear progression? Yeah, or was yeah. It? yeah. So, I mean, I don't think, uh, what'd you end up with? Four, what'd you say, 425 for three sets of five? My last day on the linear progression was 465 for three sets of five. Uh, 465, forgive me. So, I mean, I don't think too many people listening uh, would have any uh, issues with being able to squat numbers like that. So, uh, you know, he basically just used the most simple, intuitive training system known to man, and there was no, uh, you know, uh, Russian undulating periodization involved or anything else, just put, putting more weight on the bar, and it doesn't sound very sophisticated. Right. But... The truth it's simple, the there's only five exercises, there's not a lot of volume, and I yeah. can get any adult male to squat 350, the mid-three range for three sets of five, if they do what we tell them to do. Yep, so if you're training, I'll, I'll just make a little take-home note for everybody today. If, if your training has not been working the way you would like it to, and you've never really given this type of training a, a, a serious shot, I would really recommend that you investigate that. And more can be learned from Mark Ripito's books. Uh, on, and you can find those on 70sbig.com and also Starting Strength. But, but Mark's got four or five or six books out on programming and starting strength and, and, and a number of things. And uh, they're very well worth picking up. Right. I think another thing to touch on while we're on the eating thing, and, and Justin kind of briefly touched on it earlier, is, you know, this, this seemingly fear by everybody to gain and to gain a little fat and gain a lot of strength. And, you know, you mentioned it. It's not like you're doing this for life. 
And that's what I think people don't understand. It's that, you know, you're not doing this forever. And, I mean, do it now. Do it right. before. Well, if you're 40 or under, you know, yeah. get in there and eat and train hard. Because right. the thing you're going to do in life is add lean mass. Yeah, we can. And, there's plenty oh, of people that can remove body fat very fast. They can tell you how to do that. But there's not a lot of people that can get you to gain a lot of muscle in an efficient amount of time. Exactly. I mean, and the, the thing I like to say is, you know, it takes years. It takes years to gain strength inside. It takes weeks to shed fat. Right. You know, That's right. just punch that clock, put a couple years in, and just see how damn big and strong you can get. And within a couple months, you can take off that excess. Exactly. You know, and you're going to be somewhere. Instead of you have all these people chasing two rabbits at once. And they end up getting nowhere, and, you know, they're hanging out at bodybuilder.com, listing all their damn, I'm eating 10 macros of this and this and this, and why aren't I gaining, why why can't I stay at, you know, 9% and get strong as hell and big? And it's just, sorry, it ain't happening. You know, you got to put the time in under basic barbell moves and with a fork and a gallon of milk in your hand, and you'll get somewhere. Exactly. You know, you know what's funny? Whenever you see those food journals where people are drinking 250 milligrams of this or whatever, those numbers are never to increase. They're always to decrease. You never, you never see people saying, well, I'm getting at least 200 grams of protein a day. It, it, it's always in the other direction. Yeah, um, that's, a, that's a good point. We don't count calories. We don't count quantity. Some people, I guess, on the website might because of where the background they come from. We just eat a shitload of food and drink a gallon of milk and and then you know that if you're not getting stronger or if you're not gaining weight then you don't have enough so you need to have more i had my, one of my friends cliff weighed her up at 200 he was up from 180 in a couple months and uh said if you're going to finish linear progression you need to be 220 so we upped his calories by about 2000 he's up to 220 in just a couple weeks so you know, well, let me think, give a. I was going to just give a quick personal anecdote that seems relevant here. You know, a year ago, I, I compete in masters weightlifting, and uh, a year ago, you know, uh, I was kind of in the I was in the 94 kilo class, which is like 206.8, and I would typically walk around at about 209, 210, and cut a few pounds, and and my lifts had not moved in literally a year, and then I got looking at all the masters records. And I find out that the 105-kilo category is actually less competitive than the 94-kilo category. So I'm like, well, why am I busting my butt to cut weight here and not making progress when any given total in the 105s, at least in the master's division, I'm actually going to get ranked higher? So I decide to gain weight. So over the period of a couple of months, you know, now I'm walking around at about 220. That's still light for a 105. But after after a year – now. You know, when I when I say this, I just preface this. I'm 50 years old, so you know you should. If your lifts, if you're 25 years old and your lifts don't move in a year, something is seriously wrong. But it's you know, if you're 50 and you've been lifting a long time, you know, there's there's more of a, a precedence for that. Right. But sure enough, you know, once I gain the weight, all of a sudden it all starts moving. The squat is up. Uh, I'm getting new personal records in the snatch and clean and jerk, and I. The reason that I was a 94, to be very honest, is just vanity. I just don't want to have a gut, you know. It's, you know, I think we all have a certain degree of vanity. But the lesson here is that when you say yes to one goal, and in my case, I want to make better totals in weightlifting, sometimes you have to say no to other goals. And in my case, what I'm saying no to is the vanity thing. And, and, right. and in all honesty, I don't really have much of a gut at 220 at all. But, you know, sometimes, you know, 
focusing on a goal means compromising on other things, and and I think the 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 fear of uh, being fat is is really kind of unfounded if you're training properly. Right. And I mean, you can't argue. I mean, with I hear it all the time. People like to me, you know, oh, I wish I could eat like you. You know, how can you? Well, try training damn hard. Uh, try adding on a lot of strength and a lot of muscle. And, I mean, I don't enjoy eating what I do. You know, it's like like Justin was said, and they see it, that's the hardest work there is. You know, you get at a certain point. I mean, I'm having a hell of a time trying to hit 280 body weight. I mean, I've been pushing it and pushing it for a while. But, I mean, you know, like Charles, when I made that jump to the 240, from the 242 class to the 275, it was within months that I, I – Past that barrier, I hit in 675, and I hit seven. And then within that year now, I've hit, you know, last February I hit seven for the first time. Since then, I've hit 709, 715, 725, and I look in in three weeks to hit 750. Yep. And it's what's it from? I didn't change my training. I changed how much I'm throwing in my mouth. Right. You know, and I, in all honesty, I'm probably leaner than I was, damn it. And uh, it's just get in there and put your time in. Yeah. Hey, you should tell them about By the way, Go ahead. AC was was about 170. Tell them about when you when you had to drop down to 170. What happened, and then how you like all the trouble you had getting back up and where you're at now. <clears throat> yeah, well, I had a I had appendicitis around last last Christmas toward the end of finals here at school. 2008 and I, uh, Christmas. Huh? It's 2008 Christmas to clarify. Yeah, and um, and I dropped down to about 170 pounds, and uh, um, at this time I was doing more conditioning based training and uh it was it wasn't really working out for me that well since I was like 170 pounds trying to lift uh heavily so um Justin gave me a, a program that I guess uh, he talked to Rip about and it was it was more strength based and you know I started to gain weight I got back up to my like normal body weight at the time and it was like you know 180 pounds and uh you know I it was re- it was really hard for me to gain weight because I love training, but like we were just talking about before, I think eating is definitely the the worst part of it all. And uh, I got really strong on the program he gave me, and um, and then I wanted to see what I could what I could do by just strength training. And then I was yelled at for being 180 pounds, so I'm about 210 now. So. You know, you guys should have over at Wichita Falls. You guys ought to have a policy where your gym are based on your body weight. Yeah, we probably could do that because it's not like Rip makes any money off the gym. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, basically if you're over 200, you get a discount. <laughs> yeah, I think that the the verbal berating that they get mostly from illegal? me and Rip would be enough, though. That probably, you'd have the ACLU after you, like in a heartbeat. <laughs> yeah. Um, Let's move on to another question here because we've got a few. I want to get to a few more. Okay. You guys know some guy named Nathan in Dacula or D-A-C-U-L-A? Are you asking if I, are you asking if I know him? He has put in a lot of stuff that I can't even read on air. Um, just wanted to give him a shout-out here. There might be one I can read from him. Um, <laughs> have you ever crapped your pants mid-rep? Uh, <laughs> is that what he asked? That's actually my, that's my brother. <laughs> okay. Uh, he's in Georgia. Uh, I actually almost have uh, deadlifting before. Yeah, I've never done deadlifting. I've done it numerous times squatting, and Josh actually gave me a box of those Andy Whites because he has like a five-year-old daughter. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, shit happens when you're lifting heavy enough weight. Um, <laughs> good one, Phil. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Ed Roswell, 
Uh, hey, I'm working on my ollie lifts. I'm struggling with the low bar back squat and prefer the high bar position because I'm used to it. Any comments? Uh, that's a, that's a pretty, I, I'm an Olympic lifter and I coach weightlifting here with Rip and everything. And, and we have all of our Olympic lifters, uh, back squat. We just call it the back squat, but we imply the lower position that we teach in, in the seminars and in starting strength. I think the biggest reason that's more relevant and important for a weightlifter is that you're using the whole posterior chain. So when you high bar, you're kind of leaving out the hamstrings and adductors to a greater extent. And we can talk mechanics if we need to, but Essentially, the hamstrings are slack in a high bar squat because the torso is more vertical. So by using that posterior chain to hip drive out of the bottom, that's going to be directly correlated with the jump and the snatch and the clean. And as I was going through the linear progression, I could see a direct correlation between the two. As my squat was going up, my power clean kept going up in my power snatch. So he probably needs to get a coach if he doesn't have one. It's kind of hard to teach yourself if you're not familiar with all this stuff just from a book or a DVD. So... Yeah, I would recommend getting familiar with it because I think it's completely relevant to jumping in both Olympic lifts. <clears throat> Sounds good. Um, let's see here. When you squat, does the bar get caught in your back hair? That's Damon from West Point. <laughs> <laughs> uh, sounds like a question for Rip. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> and your man, your brother is just on it today. Um, yeah, Eva T in Santa Cruz. Um, apparently they know you, but, uh, the question is besides 70 big strength, eating, et cetera, what are your other goals in life? I guess she's talking to both of us. Why don't you go <laughs> first, Aaron? Uh, I mean, I'm really not too sure. I know one goal is to, uh, move to Texas and work and train with my best friend, which is, <laughs> happens to be Justin right now. So, uh, that's the only goal I can really think of off the top of my head. Uh, so if Justin wants to go ahead and share it. <laughs> Guys, before we finish up, let's come up with a good prank we could pull on Rip. Oh, well, I've got one that I'm working on uh, with someone here at the gym that should happen in the next two days. But, I mean, what what what, what do you have in mind? Well, something involving the restroom. He's probably listening, though, right? Yeah. Uh, actually, no. He's conducting an interview downtown right now. So. Oh, perfect. Let's <laughs> Something involving the the bathroom, I'm thinking. Well, he sure is pissed off whenever the toilet paper is upside down on the roll. He likes it over the top, and when it's from the bottom. Get out! Are you bottom. kidding me? <laughs> yeah, he's got these uh, he's got these little peculiarities that are that are amusing. Like I still, whenever he talks to me, I still laugh even now because he's just so funny. You should like take the roll of toilet paper and unroll it, and then as you roll it back up, hide like little bejeweled notes inside of it so they fly out. <laughs> Can I tell you guys the ultimate prank you could do? What's that? I did this myself in the 70s, okay? So here's the 70s prank. Uh, uh, we're driving down the road. This is in rural New York, and it's wintertime, and we find this big old dead raccoon on the side of the road. And it was frozen stiff. It was huge. It was about 22 pounds. So um, boys, I had a friend at the time who had just moved to California. So we mailed it to him. <laughs> God. You just mailed him a dead raccoon. We put a box of chips in there, too. <laughs> that, that makes sense. <laughs> so you're suggesting that we mail rip uh, some dead animals? 
I think that would be funny. <laughs> Charles Pretty is sick. real weird. <laughs> yeah, I'm out of here. So, uh, all right. We all have right. questions again. So we got more questions. Yeah, I, I mean they're coming in like crazy, but uh, I'm just trying to read through them because some of them are junk. Uh, let's just do one more. Um, yeah, if you say my brother's name on the air, then he's he's gonna keep sending you more and more. You. Well, no, these are only two people. Somebody in Atlanta and like, one guy from UK warning us that Rip has a handgun with death, so we better not do anything. Um, he's wanting training naked. Um, <laughs> some guy in, in Atlanta wondering if. What are your thoughts on training naked? Seriously, because baggy, baggy clothing is not at all conducive to Olympic training, and I feel like a fool when I stuff in my basement. Uh, I guess this just shows the uh, demographic or the uh, quality of the people that read 70sbig.com. Yeah, I mean, if you're at home, train naked. Who cares, you know? But uh, do you think getting uh, – AC, do you think you get stronger just knowing Justin's around? I think this is a good question for, like, training partners. You know, are you – if you're in that atmosphere with Justin, I mean – uh, yeah, definitely. Um, when I, uh, I I visited Texas over uh, over our winter break here, and I definitely the atmosphere definitely helps. Um, Justin's a great coach, and uh, it's a lot better working out there than in the, the uh, crappy school gym we got going on here. So it's definitely uh, it definitely helps working out with a group of guys that you know want to get strong. I have that here too, but it's the uh, the atmosphere of the athletic club over there that definitely helps. Well, what he's trying to say is that when him, Chris, and I all train together, the earth opens up and hot magma spews all over us as we train, and just there's a lot of crazy things going on. Yeah, anyone that I, I think they die instantly. <laughs> so. Hey, guys, I think I'm going to be out there uh, in about a month. Uh, I think Ripito is uh, interviewing me. Oh, yeah. So uh, I'm going to try to bring Phil out. And uh, uh, I don't think you should. Can we sleep like? Can we can we sleep in the gym or something while we're there? Of course. <laughs> well, uh, we're gonna we're gonna tear some shit up with PVC piping when we get out there. So hell yeah, that. that's the only way we train at the Wichita Falls Athletic Club. <laughs> <laughs> no, and we'll actually be seeing Justin here in, a, in two weeks, Charles, and then uh, you know so we'll we'll do some things there. I've been assured that I can at least work up to an opener there, but uh, the week after my meet. But um, let's get both of you guys here to the bed and barbell sometime, and then we can shoot some crazy videos and whatnot. And, uh, yeah, that'd be, <laughs> that'd be awesome. You well, guys appreciate you guys having us on. <clears throat> so I hey, think thank that's you guys. That, that, was a, that was a blast. We appreciate you guys coming, and collectively we'll see all of you within the next uh, handful of weeks. Yep. And uh, once yeah. again, the website is 70sbig.com. Super easy to Google, and you should bookmark that. They've got new content on that site every yeah. day or so. And uh, – Check out the videos in particular, which are a lot of fun. So uh, yeah. thank you. I'll, again, I'll, I'll, yeah. yeah, I'll try not to talk so much next time. Thanks. Yeah, yeah. Shut up. See you. Thanks for watching. Get to next time. All right. All right. Bye. The Iron Radio Podcast and all of the audio on IronRadio.org. diet or exercise program. It's important to check with your also, should be helpful for the athletic trainers, qualified exercise physiologists, and 